Hello, and welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist who lives and works less these days due to the coronavirus in Asheville, North Carolina. And this is a podcast dedicated to play therapy and child therapy coming at it from a child-centered perspective. And today is something of a special episode on the podcast, and... My apologies for contributing to the uh, likely large number of conversations, emails, and perspectives that all y'all are getting on the coronavirus, but given that the impact of this is as widespread as it is, and depending on where you are living, the current impact is obviously different in our little neck of the woods out here in the mountains of North Carolina. We've had some confirmed cases, we have school closings, we have social distancing and all the rest of that stuff, and it's already, the impact here is felt. And um, for those of you in an area where the impact is more felt, where there is stress on your health systems and financial systems and emotional systems and the rest of it, um, or perhaps you or somebody else you know is sick or has fallen ill or uh, is no longer with us, and um, yeah, my heart goes out to all y'all and... We will get through this together. In the meantime, we'll have to talk about some of these things with our children because they are also impacted. School is not happening in a variety of places. Life is disrupted. And I already, over the past week, had a number of conversations with children about the coronavirus and was startled by the different responses and different contradicting information that I would hear from children and families from taking it very seriously to taking it not seriously at all. And this won't be a podcast that ends up being dedicated to trying to get everybody on the same page regarding information about the coronavirus, but is more aimed at how to have conversations with children about these things. And a lot of these principles can go along with talking to children about any sort of difficult things. So when we're talking to a child about a thing that has an impact both on us and also on them, feels like a good rule of thumb to keep in mind, and I can't remember where I got this from originally, so apologies to the source, but I like the image of having us as adults be more of the thermostat and not the thermometer, say. Like, we're not trying to take the pulse necessarily regarding how our children feel about the situation, which doesn't mean that we don't have empathy for them, which doesn't mean that we're not considering what their perspective is and answering questions based on that perspective, but that as adults, being checked in with ourselves. Like, how calm are we? It's a great time to talk to your child after you've been on social media for a bit and ramped up your anxiety some about this thing? No, probably not. Having an understanding and a realistic idea inside of yourself of, like, what are your fears about this virus going on? What are your concerns in terms of knowing people in a, say, a vulnerable population, having individuals in your home who are older or immunocompromised or could be vulnerable, um, your own fears about finances and your job and everything else. And obviously, as adults, not trying, there's maybe no way to get a definitive handle on 
exactly what we're feeling and thinking and all of those sorts of things. But if we're able to understand our own emotional perspective before having the conversation, and if we're able to have a grasp of whether we're able to say, yeah, we're scared too, and here's what we're scared of, or yes, we're, you know, also struggling with this and being able to join with them inside of that struggle for them to see that we're also struggling and these are the ways that we're dealing with that can be helpful for these kinds of conversations. And there's a fine line always in talking to children that I personally walk between the intention of being honest with them, the belief that children are at their best when they're connected to reality, and also not wanting to say burden a child with something that isn't their burden or that perhaps it isn't helpful for them to be concerned with. And what I mean by that is, is that if you say have a child or are seeing a child and this child is expressing fears about the coronavirus, validating those fears is great. Letting a child know that you are also afraid is great. Connecting them to the very basic reality that lots of the social distancing and hygiene practices and the closures of schools and other things is because we're all a little afraid of what might happen with this is great. Validating that children, by and large, and this is my understanding, and if this is wrong, I mean, hit me up, um is that children are not being affected by this virus. Children are not dying from this virus, at least not in the numbers that older populations are being affected by this. And so being able to frame a lot of that social distancing and school and whatever the rest of this is that this is our community coming together, doing our own individual parts to ensure the health of everyone, to allow our health systems to be able to keep everyone safe. Children are sometimes at their best when they're able to live inside of a role or live inside of an archetype, and that comes up all the time in play. Children play out all kinds of different archetypes and fairy tales and roles and family situations and whatever else that helps them reach this place of healing and wholeness. And this is a time where we can tap into that, say, communal sense of responsibility that we all owe it to each other and we owe it to the vulnerable populations for us to be as healthy and sanitary and taking whatever necessary precautions we need to take in order for us to protect the most vulnerable members of our communities. And that's a way that we can talk to children and be honest with them about some of the fears and realities of what this virus is, while also not say diving too much into fears for themselves because there really aren't any. And it's a way to connect them to the reality of what's going on in a way that can potentially be empowering and foster a sense of community and responsibility and care that is just a basic truth that if, if this thing ends up being as bad as it seems like it could be and as it seems like it has been already in a lot of places outside of our little corner here in the mountains that they can feel a part of this thing in a way that gives their actions and gives the things that we're asking them to do to be safe a larger level of meaning before doing this podcast, I was looking up online like, oh, I wonder what other people are saying about talking to children about the coronavirus. And something that I ran into a fair amount is 
the desire to have structure, right? That if school's not in session, that we'll have this day where like at 9 a.m. we do this and at 10 a.m. we do this and that there's a whole series of things. What seems like the intention is to provide some level of normalcy, to provide some level of consistency so that children know what to expect and all the rest. And if that's what floats your boat, fine. I mean... A counter to that, from my perspective, would be like, well, shoot, all of our lives have been severely uprooted, and all of our routines have been taken apart, and the places that we like to go, we're not going to, and the schools aren't open, and many of us aren't able to go to work, or if we can work, we're working from home, and life is just not the same as it was, and the routines and consistency simply aren't there. And while there can be value in, say, providing some level of normalcy, having some times where there is some structure, like that structure can often just have us feel better as adults. Children won't necessarily be asking for that. I can think of children who, you know, I see in sessions who express that they were excited by the idea of not having school and their first thought of what to do with their time was not like, gosh, I can't wait to see what kinds of structures and schedules my parents come up with during this time that we're off. I mean, I think that there's value also for anyone who is spending time with children, especially anyone who is spending time with children in quarantine, to be able to say that, gosh, this time provides me this special opportunity to to spend more time with you, to play together. Like, what if we just turned all the electronics off for a little bit and I just played with you and sunk into your experience or we can play a game together or we can read together, we can go for a walk, we can, you know, if you're someplace where you can uh, be outside easily, not around other people, like we can go outside and play together and throw a ball around or whatever else that, that, that we can step out of all those routines of our daily life that actually limit our connection to each other, like school, like work, like everything else, that all the busyness stops and we can sink into connection and fun and love and supporting each other and all of those kinds of things, which often daily life does not leave the time for. That which isn't to say that, hey, if you're someone who operates on a schedule and that that actually is not just done out of some anxious need to provide order in a time of disorder, but is done because you and your family benefit from some level of consistency by all means. I'm not trying to um, disparage that way of doing something, but also want to name that simply trying to add a bunch of structure to this time takes away from the opportunity of this time being something more or something different or being able to provide something different in our relationships with the children that we know and live with and that it doesn't have to be trying to, say, recreate the structure of a world for a time because if we have that structure like, oh no, what would happen? And approaching that oh no what what will happen with more of a like oh what can happen what can we do together how can we connect because for so many families that i work with and know daily life does not provide a lot of time for just being able to sink into each other and enjoy each other and connect in a variety of different ways and if you're someone who has a kid at home and um, y'all don't get a chance to play together very much and you have a lot of time on your hands and they have a lot of time on their hands like just spending time playing with your kid away from electronics letting them lead the play 
and diving into their world and seeing what their projections are and seeing what they like to play out and playing out these stories with them and letting them lead the way and just being like a witness to their experience of play, um, I think can give, you know, people who, who have children and live with children an opportunity to, to get to know them and to get to know their perspective a little bit better. And that can also be a really nice escape from all of the madness with all of this in terms of, at least for me, it is a struggle to not check social media a lot and to not check the news a lot and those sorts of things. And setting aside an hour or an hour and a half or half an hour or 10 minutes even to just be like, I'm not going to check anything right now. I'm just going to be here with my child while they're playing and that there could be some real benefit and value to that. Um, I've also been having families recently, maybe, maybe you're a therapist out there who's, you know, your families won't be Coming in for sessions. I've had many cancellations at my practice so far this week. And you know, suggesting some activities, whether it is that free play time or like drawing pictures of feelings or maybe even drawing pictures of imaginary worlds together or or providing some of those templates for families. And obviously these, these suggestions could be catered to the individual uh, natures and needs and connections of those families, but providing people with opportunities to connect during this time because we may lose a lot of things right now and we may lose a lot of freedoms that we're used to and places that we're used to and we may have a lot of added stress but we do have the opportunity to still be with and near each other and connect to each other more deeply and not trying to put too much of a silver lining on something that is obviously causing a lot of pain for a lot of people in a variety of different ways. But um, if there is a silver lining to be found, it is that uh, we will all have more time with our families and spend more time with our families. And hopefully that's a good thing, right? (laughs) Hopefully that's a good thing. That can also be a stressful thing depending on what your connections are like with the people in your immediate orbit these days. And I think I want to try to close it out by circling back to that how to talk to kids about this and that measure of individual responsibility that we can all share in and that can be part of a experience that we have with our children. And if children have questions about this, we can answer those questions. And and answering all of those in connection with reality, being able to bring things back to, not in a sugarcoating way, but providing some meaning, the hygiene and structures and whatever else that we have going on, and recognizing that it's an anxious time and the more grounded that we are as adults in ourselves, the more that we're able to know what our emotions are and move through those emotions and communicate those emotions because children pick up on everything. If we tell them that everything is fine, they can feel that things aren't fine right now. Even if we think that like we haven't had conversations with children about these things, which probably has happened, right? I mean, school's closed and everything, you know, life is disrupted, that children are getting information from a variety of different places. And I have had children come in with a lot of different kinds of information that is just, uh, you know, false. It's just false. And then they can end up anxiously spinning on those things. For therapy, a lot of the kids that we see are already projecting a lot of anxiety and fear and 
anger and whatever else onto the world and this is a really big thing for them to project those things on which means both on the one hand that if a child is already struggling that this coronavirus thing may be something that causes them to struggle even more and on the other hand it gives us a chance to live with those children inside of those projections and those projections are all out and we can meet them with their emotions we can provide that thermostat of ourselves for some co-regulation around these things and that we can be with them through that whole process of working through it especially if you're at home with a child you can be that that co-regulator you can work with your child through that process and actually be connected to each other through the whole thing without any of the hiccups of uh, a lot of the things that life usually throws at us and obviously a lot of this podcast isn't going to speak to everybody everyone's situation is different it's different depending on what country you're in and what city you're in inside of that country um, with what's going on but i hope everyone stays safe out there i hope everyone stays healthy i would personally recommend following whatever health guidelines we can in order to have this thing you know be something that can be managed by our healthcare systems and uh yeah uh, my heart goes out to all y'all and that's all i've got for this episode of playtime thank you for listening please rate and review and subscribe and all that good stuff it helps the show get more reach check out barnetchildtherapy.com as always you can reach out to me at barnetchildtherapy at gmail.com a couple people have reached out recently and i have not gotten back to you because things have been a little bit crazy but they could go from crazy to slow very fast and so i i plan on reaching out soon and uh all right take care out there i'll see you next time